Welcome to the Soul to Early Sports Card Podcast, the exclusive podcast of North Korea. Just just in general. Yeah. Uh, Kai's not here, so the intro's messed up. I'm walking the 30th parallel. And today, we welcome a guest who has, who's had the displeasure of knowing me for at least the last five plus years. Uh, bringing in a fresh perspective and watching their business grow alongside their dad uh, has been absolutely incredible. And I hope to learn as much about cards as they've forgotten. It's Kenneth from Chi-Town Sports Cards. Ken, how the hell you doing, man? You know, I thought the first 19 years of my life were bad, and then I met you five years ago. And... Dude, welcome welcome to being me. Like, everyone <laughs> I, I would say it's not the pleasure of knowing me. It is the displeasure. So <laughs> thank you for filling in for Kai. He managed to choke away the podcast lead, much like the Atlanta Falcons or Matt Ryan in general. Fuck him. He's not here. I can talk all the shit I want. Uh, and if he listens to the podcast, well, uh, you should have been here instead. How yep. dare you go be a good roommate and help your friend whose car is broken down? You selfish <laughs> asshole. Yep. What an asshole. What a joke. So how you doing? Like, I, I, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, I know we were prepping beforehand. You have a lot that you want to talk about. What's on your mind, man? What, what can we do for you today? Yeah. So <laughs> obviously we, we could have about a 10 hour long podcast with all the crap that's happened in the hobby from pwcc getting bailed by fanatics to evan mathis releasing a trimming video and then pretty much not two days of like oh my gosh this is so bad and then nothing after that correct um and then we obviously have nats prep um the um midwest monster just happened which I'm, i'm sure we will get into but uh, to say this is a interesting time to be in the hobby, I think would be very fair. It, it's kind of scary in a way because a lot of people who were financially hurt by the last year of, you know, the world um, have taken a lot of their assets out of sports cards. And I'm starting to see a lot of stories. I'm not even sure if you've seen this today, Ken. A lot of people were talking about like leveraging their assets they already still have with mm-hmm. like an alt or PWCC or golden. I'm not sure why this is happening today, mm-hmm. but I am seeing a lot more Instagram stories today about like leveraging whatever assets you have and getting that capital, which is a very dangerous road people yeah, make down. Yeah. Because there are collectors, collectors air, air quotes. There were companies that existed a year or two ago that are no longer present without naming names yeah because of issues like this so mm. a little scary I, yeah i think that and like uh the fractional ownership i think was in in theory a good idea for the average person to get a piece of an asset that they've always wanted to have but could never afford to own like solo like let's say i know they had like lebron ultimate rookie autos or yeah. or whatever the card may be like five six figure cards but to see stuff like that pretty much go down in flames and they had the backing of like i know jeff wilson um supported or pumped or whatever you want to call it um pumped. yeah yep yep i mean let, let's let's call it what it is um, I can't remember what the what the one was that, that just went off. I mean, I had an account. I never bought anything, but I always thought it was cool to see what they have. Um, I believe, see. I believe they had like Mahomes NTRPAs. They had little yes. yes. I, 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 I can't remember what the what the name it was. Just goes to show you that yeah. they, well, <laughs> they they didn't, they didn't quite make an impression. Yeah, but uh, to see stuff like that with legitimate backers and like le- heavy like legit financing, it didn't end up working out that does kind of scare me away from the ultra high-end market which is i think where a lot of people have gotten burned over the last like year or two i mean we're talking like kobe ultimate patch autos like exquisite patch autos that have like halved or thirded in thirded i guess well down 70 it's it's scary when those items that i used to look up to as like my north star whether mm-hmm. it's 52 mantle or a LeBron exquisite patch auto or Kobe or MJ. Those are financially achievable now, which is mm-hmm. first off, I'm very happy to say I can do that. Yep. But secondly, oh fucking God, this is bad. Why yep. can I afford these? This is mm-hmm. not uh this is terrifying. And mm-hmm. I've used this analogy a couple times. Um cards are not rare anymore per se, they're just expensive. Um, how many Brady championship contenders autos have sold in the last year? Three mm-hmm. to 
add yep. even a couple more. Yeah. Um, that's not great if you own one. I mean, mm -hmm. if you owned it since 2005 and you bought it for $10,000 and they're still selling for six figures, yeah, man, go cash in. You're amazing. If you mm -hmm. bought in 2020 or 2021, you you may mm -hmm. not want to be anywhere over like a fifth story building. Yep. Yeah. I, and I think you bring up a good point where how many Brady Champ tickets have sold, like recently, that is. Yep. I think we've reached a point where it is now a problem how Golden has a weekly auction, PWCC has a weekly auction, yep. all tests are liquid auctions, PWCC has Elite, Golden has Elite, Golden Leland's has DC, yeah. yep, 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 Leland, I mean, it's not like, and they don't have to be just card auction houses, like, like you said, Heritage does a bunch of other shit, but they also have cards, Auction of Champions has a bunch of other shit, but they also have cards. Like we've reached the point where there's just so much on the market that not everything can be seen. And not only that, there isn't the kind of liquidity anymore. When people were flipping those, let's say they had a Kobe exquisite that they got for 50 and moved for 65. Okay, well that just that just turned up 15K liquid. Now I can go buy something else on Golden or, or, uh, or PWCC or, or whatever it may be. Those flips aren't really happening that frequently anymore. You really have to work to get those flips. And or I just or time or trading. Or yes, yes, exactly. And I just think that with the amount of cards coming on right now, however it may be. Oh, and by the way, there are thousands upon thousands of eBay auctions ending every single night Correct. on top of all, all these auction houses. I just think that people number one there's not enough liquidity and number two people see that these prices are slowly slowly starting to decline and they're like oh shit i should just get rid of this right now and they're just running these rare pieces on auction at a bad time they're on auctions <laughs> it's it's so fascinating you named so many good points there first off 100 agree uh, the auction and, and let me make this clear first the auction houses are not going to change their end goal is to generate income for themselves and their owners and their businesses. So the more auctions that exist, the better in their minds. They don't care how the items do individually because, hey, the house always wins. But no one is going to argue that. That's a very basic understanding of business. Um, it's a different conversation whether it's good or not. In my opinion, it's not very good. I think you would agree there too. Yeah. Um, the end user, the consumer who buys that you know, LeBron James limited patch auto that was 75k a year ago for 35k now is going to be really happy mm -hmm. but what seems to be the trend and this is a conversation i have with a lot of high-end collectors people that you know like uh, people that you know like mikey's cards or hot corner or nady all-star sports cards just a couple, a couple of guys who can and would afford higher-end items is mm -hmm. this feels like a steal that's a steal you got that for a great price if everything is a steal nothing is nothing yep and it's concerning when you do own those ultra high-end items because, hey, if you bought that and there's no sales for six months, yeah, you control the market. You can ask whatever you want. But the second one comes up for auction, if it's similar to your card and it does 60% of what you did, mm -hmm. you're, you're fucked. Like, it's yep. really a scary time to own the ultra high-end. And I think for conversation's sake, I would define that as... 50k and up 40k and up there, there's yeah. some arbitrary number there yeah um it doesn't exactly matter per se mm -hmm. but these items have gotten absolutely crushed and what's ironic in a way and, and something that i've always tried to continue to do the best way that i've had liquidity in sports cards is by trading down whenever mm -hmm. i buy a major item anything over 10k let's say for instance i am always trying to get as much potential value out of it either trading out into multiple items or cash and trade or both because you know what an item that's always worth like 250 bucks 500 bucks even a thousand dollars is generally going to be in that range forever yeah. mm -hmm. i mean you might have a john moran situation where that item is down so i, I was looking at john moran contender uh optic mm -hmm. autos earlier today in a potential deal and in the last month those are down to like 60 percent in a month yeah, no, John Murray cards are getting crushed. So maybe how, you don't how, how, bad, how bad is that in comparison to Zion? <sighs> I didn't check Zion stuff. It's so it, it is interesting though that you just you teed me up for this answer. Yeah. <laughs> um I, I have never been a, a huge believer in Zion, mostly due to the on court, you know, not availableness. Mm -hmm. Talent wise, he's incredible. Ta talent wise, he's a top 
10, 20 player in the NBA, most likely. I'm not sure how you do the list, but yeah. the issue with him has always been health. And now you have this off field concern. Dude, it would not shock me if he gets traded this offseason to a team like the Thunder if they want to cash in and go all in based on this current roster. They have the picks that do, they have the players. Yeah. But like, dude, if Zion does get traded to a team like OKC, collectors might actually like start throwing themselves off buildings because that mm-hmm. would be the worst spot yep. for him to go. Yeah. Um, market wise. Basketball wise, it'd actually be great, but like market wise, it would be irrelevant. Yeah. Yep. No, no one actually cares about the Thunder. No. It would, it would be great if he was healthy, mm-hmm. but yeah, good luck moving those cards. Like the mm-hmm. five OKC fans would be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm not going to pay 80 grand though for this, but that's no, cool. no, no. I, the, I'll, I'll say this and I'll get back to a point that you made previously, but it's, it's almost unfortunate how Zion came at like the card peak. He, like, he was like, the perfect example of uh, the peaks and valleys that have been in the yeah. Yep, I, I mean, like, I, man, I, you lose track of time. You know, time is pre-COVID, and post-COVID. Now there yep. is no, there is no during COVID. So yep. I can't remember. If, I think Zion was just a little bit pre-COVID. Yep, yep. So Prism Basketball would have came out like a year before COVID happened. Yep. So you have like almost card, like card height peak and Zion basketball height peak at the exact same time. It's almost unfortunate that that happened that way because people are going to lose so, so much money just on that one guy. And I feel like a lot of people that just wade into the ultra high end market and say, I just, everyone's talking about this kid. He's going to be the next LeBron, yada, yada. I want to have a little bit of high end exposure and you buy a card for 5k. That's maybe worth, let's say five, yeah, yeah, 500, a thousand now. And they're like, oh, I never want to wade into that you know like 5k plus market again so they just they stick in their little you know 100 to a thousand range and just keep flipping it and working it up that way but guess what dude that works that's the yeah. funny thing too yes say, yes i'm gonna i'm gonna say something negative about zion first and i'm gonna talk positively about the hobby mm-hmm. zion i never liked as a prospect due to obvious concerns talent wise he's incredible but he is the peak example of what can go right when you sell and what can go wrong. He is all hype with very low production, but I guarantee you, if he stays on that team next year, if he's on the Pelicans, they're still going to have some stupid hype cycle with him. Mm-hmm. He's going to have like a, a workout video or like he's going to dunk a basketball mm-hmm. and they're like, oh yeah, now like, please buy my cards. Please cover my ass. Yep. I, I can see the Bleach Report notification now. Zion throwing down a windmill like at, at the local Y. And they're like, Zion is back. And then October you know? comes and he's missing time with like a foot injury again. Because yep. That's what happened last year, basically. Mm-hmm. I, so- I tell I tell people <laughs> when, when it's an injury concern, how many of those guys genuinely like outgrow injury concerns? Like when they are consistently out. Like Brandon Ingram since 2016, just staying on the Pelicans, always hurt. Lamar on the Ravens always hurt. Lonzo like, Ball might never play again. <clears throat> yeah, they, yeah, that's a good one. And like, I would say the only guy that like I follow, I genuinely follow, and like shit, you know, I I missed it just because I was scared of injuries. Was Otani, just because of the torn UCL. Otani was a, a, a new case, and also to Chicago, Derrick Rose, unfortunately, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Example. Otani's interesting in the fact that as a baseball player. He may be the most talented player ever, just based mm-hmm. on what he has done. That's yeah, not been the greatest. Mm-hmm. I think there's obviously a difference between talent and, and actual stats. I mean, if he <laughs> does, if he does what he's currently been doing for the last two years for the next decade, he might end up being the greatest player or the mm-hmm. most talented player. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were obvious concerns at the start. I remember when he came over. Uh, from Japan, and he was doing bad in spring training. They're like, yeah, he hits like he's in high school. He can't pitch. Like, this is not going to work. And then he silenced naysayers. <laughs> and in his second year, he couldn't pitch. Then he could hit. And then yep. 2020, I believe he was ass pitching, but he could hit again. And then 2021 mm-hmm. was when he started to do both again. I, I vaguely remember the entire career. Mm-hmm. The point is, Otani is a unicorn, and I really hope that even casual baseball fans can appreciate what we're dealing with because yep. you will likely never see another player like this again. 
Or if you do, it's going to be like 20 years from now when every, you know, uh, uh, grade school kid is going to try and be the next Otani mm -hmm. and they actually let the kids develop because you just saw what could happen at the best possible case. Yep. I remember when Otani was first coming up and Brendan McKay was a two-way player. Yep. And that, and everyone's like, oh, well, he's he's the next one. He's the next two-way player. And I, I literally haven't heard a single word from him since like 2017, 2018. So that just goes to show you how freaking hard it is. And this dude is doing it and an MVP level on both sides of the plate. Uh, Brandon McKay is still on the Rays, which is a different conversation the fact that, like, in order to actually be, like, a viable investment, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. you kind of need to have all the right markings. And also, he only pitched in 2019. So, like, he, he's not in the LLB anymore. He, no. I, I think he's unfortunately going to be... Yeah, he didn't even... He has not even pitched this year or hit... Or, He's not playing. He's either hurt or his career's over. That's obviously unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But once again, it comes down to you need the right mix of like markability mm -hmm. and and hype and production, of course, mm -hmm. to like get this perfect formula. And you know, Tani, like they don't have the playoff success. Hopefully no. they can, but you know, Otani now is a living free agent. If he goes to a team like the Dodgers or the Mets or the Yankees, which Yankees won't happen, uh, mm -hmm. you know, then you get that perfect mix. And also, yeah, he's a global star. You have this ability where Otani is one player that, like, I don't think we've seen the best of his prices based on health and, like, what market he's in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when you go to it, World Series, it changes things in my mind. Yeah, for sure. It, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see, number one, how he leaves, and number two, where he goes to. And I would say number three, if any – because, dude, baseball is almost like becoming basketball. Like, Soto kind of forced his way out. Now it seems like Otani might force his way out. All these I mean, young he's guys. Really he's not forcing himself out. He's willing Yeah, to yeah, yeah. He's just saying, I'm not I'm not going to. I don't know what, if he's saying he's gonna not going to come back or, or what. But I wouldn't blame him. I mean, no, no, no. Not, not, not at all. Not if at he all. really wants to leave, and he, if I recall correctly, too, he he wanted to go do his own legacy. He didn't mm -hmm. want to be part of like just like you want. He didn't want to be a guy. Mm -hmm. If that's changed, and he wants to stay in the West Coast, dude, Seattle could also be a very interesting yeah. dynamic if he wants to go too. there. Yeah, he wants the Ichiro thing, which mm -hmm. could absolutely happen. The Dodgers would make a ton of sense. That'd be really fucking scary. Mm -hmm. um, and if he doesn't care where he plays anymore. The Mets might be a team who offers him like 500 or 600 million dollars, which yep. is absolutely absurd, mm -hmm. but it's almost justified based on what you get. Yep. Yeah. And I, I'll say this really quick, then we can move on. But it is, it's almost sad how the Angels have tried so hard for like the past decade to give Trout support and now Otani to support with these nine figure contracts. And then they just never, ever, ever work out. Like yeah, I mean, CJ Wilson, the lefty from the Rangers. I remember that I think him. Young. Yeah. And John, Josh Hamilton. I, I think yep. that might have been right before Trout. Um, yep. Who was obviously with mixed results. Yep. Dan Heron played the end of his career there. Yep. I mean, you have to applaud a team for trying, but I'm looking at the Angels' like record the last couple of years. Hang on. I'll, I'll share the screen so we can look at it together. Usually I'm more prepared for that <laughs> shit. Make it a little easier for everyone to see. Mm, old yeah. school. 73 and 89, 77 and 85, 26 and 34, 72 and 90. Like, dude, what the fuck? This is that, that that's just not not even getting close. No, and I mean, obviously, baseball is a long, long sport, like season. It's 162 games. Mm -hmm. Also, once again, it's the only major sport going on right now at this moment in time. Congrats. Uh, Denver, you, you absolutely beat the shit out of the Heat, and you should be proud. That's awesome. But now people are going to try and watch baseball, and I guarantee you the average hype beast who like is pumping cards or is going to try and pump cards cannot fucking watch a baseball game. They can't do it. Nope. Nope. Even even with the new pitch clock thing. It's, Which has been, dude, it's been great. I, I it, it, it's, it certainly has, but I, I even think it's a little bit too quick um, just for the pitcher's sake, not for the viewer's sake. Yeah, but I mean, they can always adjust as they go, but, like... It is, dude, it's it's just such a tough watch. I know. I mean, even Trout's having... I mean, Trout's having a, a down year, quote-unquote, and he's still batting, you know, 255, 14 runs. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's perfectly good, but... Yeah. <laughs> Trout is 31, too. Like, we... I mean, it's very possible that we have seen... 
not the best, <laughs> but like, how many more incredible seasons are you going to have where, you know, you're putting up 291, 438, 45 home runs, like MVP winner. Like, he is human. He will slow down a little bit. And, and if you couldn't win when you had the best player in baseball on a cheap contract before you extended him for 13 years or whatever, what the fuck are you going to do now, especially if Otani leaves? Yeah, I mean, dude, just look at that. That is so from 20, I mean, 2012 to 2022. Yeah. Never had a year below not a 940 OPS. Yeah. The, that, dude, gonna, that, that's insane. Yeah. And and now at 31, you can see like, yeah, he's he's human. He's still great. He's still putting a positive war. He's still able to contribute. But you you might have to be a little bit concerned. Like, yeah. uh, I believe I don't know who the study I don't know who did the study, but the average of MLB players prime over the course of like the entire history of the sport is 27 to 32. Generally, obviously, some players will have a career year outside of that. Others will do it beforehand. But generally, this is the time when you would see the best of a player. And yep. yeah, guess what? In 2022, had Trout played 162 games, he probably would have had a career here. Like, and that's absurd to say for him. But obviously, injuries are coming up. It's a little bit of a concern. Mm-hmm. Are we seeing... Have we seen the best of Mike Trout? And yep. if, if the Angels have, oh God, what do you do? We're, we're cutting in and out. <laughs> God damn it. Ugh. I fucking hate technology. So stupid. All right. Let's see if we can get you through to the next conversation. So one of the reasons why I'd ask you on here as your video is frozen and I hope we get that recorded because that was really funny looking. And now you're just bobbing and weaving. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm just making sure you can see me now. The one thing I really want to ask you about because you were actually a vendor at the Chicago Spectacular, not the Chicago, um, Midwest Monster, I'm sorry, this past weekend. What were your thoughts? What was the vibe? Uh, Kai and I were not able to attend. I just fucking did not want to travel and mm. Kai couldn't. So what was your vibe? What, what were your feelings about the show? What sold? What didn't? Um, what, what was your perspective on this? So I have set up and sponsored this show. This is only the third time it's ever happened. Uh, the, la- the last two times I set up and sponsored. And I would say this was pretty on par with how it was last summer as well um i would say a lot more selling than buying nice uh, which yeah which as as a dealer everyone likes to think of that differently selling versus buying as a dealer but i always like to buy a little bit more just because i can sell whenever i want i can always go on ebay but i have the booth i would rather people walk up to me and i spend you know five figures on cards as opposed to sell five figures of cards. Just again, it's the, the convenience factor. I'm there to buy. Um one dude, it's 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 all football. It's all football quarterbacks. That's all anyone wants. That's that's right. the point in the cycle. Yep. That's the point in the cycle that that we've reached. Which <clears throat> we <laughs> I'll, I'll dive into the, the football rant in a little you bit. You can go into it now because I think you and I have the same opinion. Um and, and you can correct me where you're wrong wrong wrong. You can ignore so much about football products mm-hmm. and even players and be fine. I do mm-hmm. not collect any running backs. I don't collect any wide receivers. Defense doesn't get any fucking cards other than Sauce Gardner because he was a no. uh, third or fourth pick this year. Mm-hmm. No one gives a fuck. You mm-hmm. buy the 10 quarterbacks people want to talk about and wait. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and we have gotten to the point officially where people – because all all anyone on YouTube does or all anyone on Instagram that likes to pump their own advice is they say buy quarterbacks and wait till the national, buy quarterbacks and flip and flip them at the national. I've said that before too, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, which I mean I have too, but again, that's all anyone says because it, it's it's been the tried and true strategy for a long It is time. objectively good advice. Yes, it, it is. In, it is objectively good advice. It, it is, but you have to time it right. Yes. Like Lawrence has already two axed. Correct. And Mahomes is already so high for the. When I say the average person, I don't mean to belittle anyone. It is just like the the average person 
can't afford to go buy a Patrick Mahomes Phoenix RPA out of 10, for example. And, and even then, Phoenix, like, oh, shit, like, that's not a good product. So then yes, you, you take exactly. that to any other relevant good product, and, and then you see the issue. Mm -hmm. So just to put, like, price in perspective for people, like, Lawrence, Burrow, Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, out of modern quarterbacks, they are already, like... S tier, like a good rookie patch auto and an investment grade rookie patch auto, you're probably pushing that thousand over a thousand mark. Um, yes, I would agree with that. The other quarterback who I would consider putting in there is Justin Herbert, potentially, but yeah, I love Her Her yeah. people think that he's a lot of he's a lot of shilled cards. Again, yes. maybe he's the Trey Young of, of football quarterbacks, mm -hmm. but I don't. I don't know if that's true, but I've seen that comparison made. Yeah, we'll we'll put Herbert and Fields in a tier just below that. Like they are they are approaching, but they're just not. Okay. Yes, yeah, they're approaching. They're just not there yet. But like we we have gotten to the point where people are now looking at. Someone asked me if I had Malik Willis cards because because <sighs> they they thought he had a lot of upside. Malik Willis and Matt Corral were two guys that people asked me about. I've seen that too. It's so weird when Matt Corral is getting hype. They just spent the number one pick on a quarterback. And Andy Dalton's the backup, which means Corral can very easily be released from that team. Yep. And now, listen, I <laughs> I understand the argument of it only takes one preseason touchdown for someone to go and flip a certified oh, tackle. Yep, yep, yep. yep. But, but, but flip something that they bought for 50 and maybe flip it for like 80 or 100 bucks just because of hype. But if you're telling me that you're buying Matt Corral cracked ice autos because you think it has upside, if he doesn't hit this preseason, that card is literally a zero. Yeah, I mean, there's no feasible way. I mean, uh, zero is always impossible to say until that player retires. I mean, yeah, okay, yes, but you understand what is, I, yeah, is, I know you is, understand what well, I mean. It is as close to zero as you could feasibly be because you're not going to get your initial investment back mm -hmm. especially if he doesn't play or he gets released because guess what even Calamon is still in the league I think he's like the fourth quarterback uh if on the Browns or on the yep. yeah Browns That's Browns P squad all takes yeah. is one injury <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like that's my point is we we've just reached the point where everyone has already risen so much and you look around and you're like okay I missed a I missed the boat on Lawrence Yep. Burrow and all those guys were already so high. Even yep. Pickett, like I'm a Steeler fan, and I think he's good, but he, he did not play to justify the prices, which no quarterback really does when it comes to the offseason cycle. No. But but even him and Ritter have already gone up probably 30, 20, 30. 20, yeah, 20, at least 20, 30%. That's just in the past like month. And so, we haven't even hit one month until the national. I'm a big believer in if you wanted to buy something and you wanted to like take advantage of the opportunity, you sell when you have the opportunity to like get your margin. Because guess what? At the National in Chicago, how many NTRPAs are going to be in that room? How many yep. Justin Fields NTRPAs? Mm -hmm. uh, Jordan Love, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, mm -hmm. all the guys who everyone has been buying. The idea is to sell them. Dude, yeah. I would be very com comfortable and confident if I walked out of Chicago owning no football cards i'd be perfectly okay with that yeah because 100%. in my opinion if you are the guy holding that uh jordan love and trpa or justin fields a flawless patch auto and they're walking on the field week one you're fucked yep. like there is a stopping point in my opinion because mm -hmm. guess what not every quarterback can succeed yeah someone's gonna get hurt someone's gonna get bunched someone's gonna mm -hmm. uh fail spectacularly mm -hmm. you don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what's gonna happen but if it does happen you're the one holding the card you just lost a ton of money and that yep. doesn't sound very good to me yep and especially for a guy i i know i keep harping on t-law but he's just the he's the lowest the, no t-law is the exhibit a of this year because yes yep precisely but because, he yeah. is he so he's already two or two depending on how far you go back maybe three x how how well does he have to play week one through four when people are you know attention. yeah yeah caring about football the most admittedly but how well does he have to play week one through four for his prices to go up or even just sustain i mean it's dude it's crazy and especially with the modern guys there's just so much more supply 
like there are just a million products out now every guy signs every single product yep there are a million different parallels so even if it's not an auto prism has 10 times 30, more parallels yep, yep yep then they just did in 2017 yep. where if you look at like a mahomes or even like an 18 with an allen so it just scares me how many alternatives there are and like you said everyone is buying these cards I, not everyone but i would say at least 75 percent of these yes a, a good 75% of these people are buying with the strategy of unloading them at the national, which where if everyone is selling at the same time, there is going to be absolutely zero demand. That's, that's why you have to zag when other people zig. Mm-hmm. My my perspective on, on quarterback stuff has really changed in the last couple of months because, and, and I used this example maybe last week, maybe two weeks ago. So sorry if you're going to hear me say it again. Like, look at the top 10 to 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. A lot of them are highly, you know, desired quarterbacks you would buy. Mahomes, Herbert, Allen. This is not an order, by the way. Burrow, mm-hmm. T-Law, whatever. But then you get to, like, that weird, like, 10 to 15 range. You get guys like Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, potentially. I know Cowboy fans fucking hate him. But, like, these guys who have no hobby interest whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But guess what? If you are buying Bryce Young when his cards come out this year, or you're a real Desmond Ritter guy. Sorry, fuck you, Kai. Um, or even Kenny Pickett. And you could pick any of Dak Prescott's years. In his worst year, you would kill to have that yep. production-wise versus, mm-hmm. you know, Desmond Ritter, who might come out and throw 2,000 yards and eight touchdown passes mm-hmm. in five games. Because, uh, 2,000 passing yards in eight games, whatever. Yeah. The point is, have very bad numbers and not equal the production, but you pay X amount more for him, you're fucked. Like, you just are. Yeah, I so none of like my immediate friends from home actually collect or have any idea about sports cards whatsoever. Okay. But when I talk to them, because like they know like what I do, so they'll ask like every now and then, even if they don't really care, just to make conversation. Yeah, this is going like, what do you buy? Yeah, and I like try to explain to them that Desmond Ritter in a true NTRPA would significantly outsell like a Derrick Henry true RPA. Or like in baseball, how let's say a is out sells. Yeah, yes. Like an in, insert any top fifty prospects name here would outsell like maybe not Pete Alon, but like Freddie Freeman. Uh, do you think people buy Freddie Freeman cards? What are you talking about? Yes, that's uh, my my point exactly. And they're like, huh? And they just give me like the like the the face that they have no idea what's going yeah, on because dude, like, i don't even understand what's going to on be totally honest i don't know what's going on in this hobby half the fucking time hype outsells production every single time so as prices continue to rise on product because guess what prices are going to continue to rise on the product what's going to be interesting though and here's the one thing i want to look back at on a year what the fuck are we going to see from panini when um the top court x bryce young CJ Stroud and I, I think Will Levis are fanatics yep. this year. Yep. What is going to happen? Are we mm-hmm. going to see a significant like Ben Simmons type thing mm-hmm. where like, oh man, I got the gold immaculate parallel. It's 20 grand. It's like, what the why would I buy that? Mm-hmm. Like, what is going to happen if that truly is a situation and the best quarterback you can buy is Anthony Richardson? Yep, Richardson and Hooker. That's going to be so bad. How damn, how, I mean, that's literally like a replica of this year, right? Like Pickett and Willis is Richardson and Hooker. Yes. Maybe maybe a little bit better. uh, I would think a little bit better. My, I'm saying more of like just on the fact like those, if those top three quarterbacks are not signing cards for, oh, yeah. Yeah. First off, hilarious. I think that's Mm -hmm. really funny. Yeah. Secondly, like, what's going to happen? Like, Mm -hmm. what are those cards going to be like, especially if they're good? Can you imagine if Bryce Young is good this year and you mm-hmm. can't buy any of his products? Yeah, not anything. What's it, gonna happen? It, imagine that NT base out of ninety nine. Oh, Dude, oh, that is I, that is gonna hit different. I am so. I, I really am. I, I want to see. Well, I, I guess a year out is not technically correct because we don't even have football products really out mm-hmm. for last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I don't keep up. I don't keep up to track anymore with this stuff because I don't care. Like yeah. it's really sad where I'm so disinterested in the new products that come out. Yep. I don't know where we are in the football cycle anymore. Yep. Well, and it, let's be honest, it doesn't really matter because the best guys every year are redemptions. Yep. And, and the best products every single year get pushed back to the point that you just stop caring about when the actual release date is. All I know is contenders came out. I have no idea when 
fall is supposed to come out. I have no idea when NT comes out, but I mean, Pickett's a redemption contenders. T-Law was a redemption last year. Burrow was a redemption the year before. Like, at what point are are we going to... Oh, I guess it's not really something up to us, but at what point is... And Panini won't do it. Well, they put their foot in the ground and say, we can't have the best autos in the product being redemptions. I I mean, that's why I hope Fanatics does something. I really am willing to see what Fanatics does because mm-hmm. I want to give them a chance. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm trying to figure out when 2022 is supposed to come out. And I don't know. I have yeah, a I mean, so we've already had the NFL draft, and you could say the two best football products from the year prior have, haven't even been released yet. It's a it's a supply chain. I'm sorry, it's COVID again. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah of course, dude. It's mega COVID. How would you not know that? Uh, we can't print machine. We can't print cards anymore. I'm sorry. No, it's not at all incompetence. We promise. No, 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 no. I don't know what you're talking about, man. So release date subject to change for 2022 NT football is June 23rd. That's wait, what? That can't be right. Well, that's 10 days, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, how the fucking what? There's there's no way because select's coming out this week. And I only know that because Andy from Indie Card Exchange was talking about it. That's the uh, Apparently, uh, oh man, I can't. In big bold letters, subject to in parentheses, will no, change. literally subject to change. It literally just says that. Like no one knows. <laughs> but dude, I it's just sad. It's just a sad day. Like I would, I would genuinely. I would love there to be somewhat decent product, an optic or select or anything available before a season started. Like you can only blame shipping issues or redemptions or whatever you mega COVID again for whatever you want. But like give collectors the ability to actually prospect across the board. Like Bowman Chrome, obviously you can do because that's 17 years out before the player actually debuts because baseball is hard. But like, could you imagine if NBA draft comes in uh, a couple weeks, if I recall correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine if August 1st, uh, you have select come out for Mm -hmm. for basketball or, or September comes and you get optic, let's say like a good product. Could you imagine that, that actual like collector feeling of like, man, I really love um, Brandon Allen. I think that's one of the guys at the top mm-hmm. of the draft. I'm not exactly sure. I don't. I don't care about the N- NBA draft until like yeah, the day yeah. before. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter to me. Yep, I'm with uh, you. <laughs> uh, man, I want the number five prospect or like, hey, the Nets are drafting this guy who's not going to get traded or demand a trade. I want to go collect him. Let me go get a good product now before the season. Mm-hmm. But then like, oh man, I'm a, I'm a collector. I'm a prospector. Let me make sure I get this stuff. Wouldn't that be like significantly more fun and like better quality of life if you could actually uh, prospect instead of waiting two years for products to come out? There still might be K Cunningham rookies coming out. I'm not even sure anymore. Yep. I don't know. Yep. I. <laughs> it just sucks because all of the best products get released. Uh, again, uh, my, 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 my mind works in football. So yep. all of the best products get released towards pretty much like the middle to end of the following year. Yep. So like, like I said, selects coming out in a week. Op, I don't know necessarily when Opti comes out, but it's not like the first half of the football calendar year. NT NT hasn't come out. Nope. Flawless hasn't come out. Contenders just came out. So there are the five products that I would probably want to buy, and they all come out at a point where I'm like, you already yeah. kind of you've made up your mind a little bit about these. Yes, guys. but but it's it's almost to a point where like, okay, I could buy let's say like a Pickens optic gold vinyl one-on-one patch auto. Cause I'm a Steeler fan um, for a thousand bucks, but I'm like, I would rather just wait and buy like an NT shield. And yep. when NT comes out, it's like, okay, well now we'll just wait for the fall of the shield, which might, might not be how everyone thinks about it, but and now it's year three of his career and he's not actually that good. Like, Oh, I'm not going to buy it now. Oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Like yep. I'm shipping delays. Exactly. It's just, <sighs> I, I this is not going to happen. Let me make that clear first. It's when the when the shift goes from Panini owning the cards to Fanatics, which I know is a weird limbo right now. If you were to cut out several products, which is once again not going to happen. There's no nope, shot to happen. <laughs> never. In fact, I'm going to add more products to this. Mm-hmm. More parallels. Probably, yeah, more parallels too. Dude, wait, for, <laughs> wait for wait for Prism Fast Break 
Um, first off the line, Asia exclusive. Mm -hmm. um, Dutch, Dutch auction only. Uh, mm -hmm. Number parallel is 7182. I don't know why, but just... <laughs> um, the point is... You can and you, and you already actually touched on this. You can ignore so many fucking products. There's mm -hmm. so much white noise in this hobby, mm -hmm. and I know that because I talked about this in the second episode of this podcast ever. If you choose to and you want to be a conscious and like intelligent collector, you can ignore so much, and that's fucking awful. There's no reason why you should be able to do that. Mm -hmm. But you named it the five products you actually really would care about: contenders, flawless, NT, mm -hmm. prism. And uh, a fifth one. It doesn't matter. Flawless. Thank you. Uh, like, that's what you would have to really yeah. care about. If those were the core five and you could mm -hmm. buy nothing else, you'd be completely fine. You'd be yeah. absolutely fine and you would not really notice that much. Mm -hmm. Damn. I can't let, let, that me, let me put out the disclaimer that I understand everyone has different price points that they can afford. And we are yeah. simply just saying that the NTs, flawlesses, optics, contenders of the world are the ones that hold value the best. Because when Elite comes out, and for this upcoming draft class, it Elite actually comes out relatively soon. But when Elite comes out, that's the first pro uni rookie auto. And I mean, I understand the collectors want that. But if you buy that on release, let's say a, well, it won't be Bryce Young because he's fanatics, but an Anthony Richardson Leaf turned the century auto for three, four hundred dollars. The car be eight bucks in a year, no matter what. Yep. Even, I mean, Fields right now is two hundred dollars for a Pen Pals on card rookie auto. So. Like how I understand that it's the the first and only thing out at the time, but I'm simply speaking from a I want to buy this and I don't want to lose like fifty percent of my investment in two weeks after another superior product comes out. That's the issue. the the the, the release schedule is just not there for like intelligent collectors. They just mm -hmm. want you to spend all your fucking money and be dumb little gremlin gremlins and. Gremlins, gremlins. They want yeah. dumb little gremlins and make sure that you don't pay attention to the the better products on the horizon. Keep buying those origins and those chronicles. And oh wait, we got that collegian stuff. Bowman, mm -hmm. you man, that's so good. Mm -hmm. And tell it's not going to be that good. Yeah, because then pro uniform come out and that's that's much better. Like, yes. Oh, the fact they made Bowman you a thing and people are buying it is a little concerning too. Yeah. Those cards are actually going to go to zero yep. the second a pro uniform comes out, unless mm -hmm. like your guy just does not make the pro league, so mm -hmm. which is impossible because that shit is hard. Yeah, I've always thought about it like me and I don't really rip anymore unless it's like Christmas or my birthday. Fair. And even, and even then, I don't rip by myself. I only rip because it's a thing that like me and my dad do, and it's really fun to do. Yep. But we were at hardcore in 2017, and I always thought even at that time like. Why is the schedule not almost inverted in terms of releases? Because preseason hype, like preseason hype is at its high peak literally in the preseason. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Why does why do they not have like an NT or a flawless or both? Because they pretty much release them at the same time now. Come out first in the it doesn't have to be first, but people will understand. Well, what like yes, like before the end of the actual football season. Um, because then you can speculate on every quarterback. Because once, the, that are good. Where, yeah, where it's released now, it's like okay, well, you've already seen a full calendar year, so you already kind of know where the chips fall. Yeah, Malik Willis is not going to be an NFL quarterback much longer. Like, yeah, exactly. And and if you release NT first, then obviously people are going to spend money on that, and that is going to hold its value. I I would say better than how they do it now where you release pen pals and a pen pals auto is four hundred dollars so it's the only pro uni rookie auto and then everything better comes after and all of a sudden you have a hundred hundred fifty dollar card could you imagine and once again this is actually this is a stupid option but i i, I want to hear your thoughts could you imagine if panini did an event at the national and that was when like flawless came out for the year like Dude, that would be nuts. That would be, be nuts. First off, it would be awful. You would do mm -hmm. so badly if you were buying that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if we're just talking about from a sheer entertainment value perspective, could you imagine the first like flawless break of the year being a Panini panel event? Yeah, but but I mean, let's talk about it from a pure marketing perspective. That's genius. It's almost like I fucking know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it, that's a that's a financially. Everyone would yep. suffer, but it'd be yep. very cool. Yep, and and at this point, it's almost like that, but like for the previous year. 
Yeah. I, I mean, Flawless won't even be out, I'm not sure, by, by this year's Nash. Oh, absolutely no shot. Absolutely. No. If, if no. NT's not going to be out by that, by yes. in two weeks, it's not going to be out. There's no shot. Yeah. So it's like, this is the... See, I would say do it for NT. Would you consider NT or Flawless the best football product of the year? What do I like more or what holds more value? Let's say... Mm, what what the what the most I'll say it from a, a point of what's the best rip like the best rip is not and not not in terms of monetary return like yeah. the upside the upside is NT yep totally like agree. NT true RPAs are just they hit different mm. I like flawless more I think flawless is a better uh, flawless mm. is a better product in my opinion yep. obviously because it generally is game worn rookie gear which. Mm. Okay, that is the one conversation we'd have to have a, a, a different thing about. Yes, but get it for every other product, it's mm-hmm. all player worn or authentic memorabilia. But dude, honestly, we you can tell me it was practice worn gear, and I'd be okay with it if it was in yeah, we could catch on out, or even you know that first preseason game or scrimmage or what it doesn't fucking matter. It's better mm-hmm. than authentic memorabilia that we got off you know fanatics.com. How ironic. Um, <laughs> NT seems to hold the best value. Floss is a better product, but yeah. like it's not the true RPAs usually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I just I can only picture in my head at this at this rip party now for Flawless at the National. Some, it, would, it would actually be dope. I'm, I'm 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 just picturing some guy in a suit with like the earpiece and the blacked out glasses walking in holding that holding that briefcase of Flawless. Like boys, here we go, the first one of the but, year. But like once again, like. Is that really that absurd? Because you think about the money. No, but dude, that's awesome. Like that's such an out of the box idea. Can you imagine the people that would go there? It, hey, uh, Michael Rubin, you can you can call me if you want. I'll give you my number. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely have a financial number too if you want to like you know hire me. Um, the point is, there's there's so much opportunity within sports cards that they just don't you know want to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Fixing your calendar is step one, and then Penny's not going to do it. Penny says, "Fuck everyone else." Yep, they um, just don't care at this point. Okay. They I don't blame them. Anyways. I don't blame them for caring. Mm-hmm. It's an issue. Um, we could talk about this for another hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I do have a couple questions, though. One thing that's relevant first, though. Do you guys own a brick-and-mortar store? Because I had a question about that. Nope. No? Nope. Okay, that's what I thought. Because yeah, someone I'll, asked I'll that. online. How does having a brick-and-mortar store affect buying and selling strategies it shows? I mean, I can't answer that. I can give you my per- opinion and perspective. But the issue in my mind with a brick and mortar store is rent, security, uh, all the other upkeep costs, having a location known, having mm-hmm. the hours that you're open, someone's gonna fucking rob you because it keeps on happening. There's yeah. so many robberies in sports cards, it's mm-hmm. fucking terrifying. Yeah, I would say so I can't speak directly to how it affects like a show strategy, but I can say that hey, obviously you know chris kelsey of nash cards shout out yep. nash cards yep um incredible people but he he and i have been friends since the st louis three-day show circa 2018 ish oh yeah so so that's pretty him having a show or show shop and him uh accepting psa subs but he used to be just like just like we are like a, a heavy singles guy just like flip it make make a buck here make a buck there and then he got the shop and now he is very much i'll go to a local show i'll buy everything one i'll just buy 20 or 30 blasters for 30 dollars, just because i need to have them in my shop and i'll sell them for 30 or 35 dollars. it's not necessarily about like how like how you and i do it where we're semi-investing slash flipping slash whatever you want to call it he is having to look out for stuff for, specifically for his shop and yeah changing like, your mindset entirely because you have to yes. pay it to the guy who spends 25 bucks out of his you mm-hmm. know 20 dollar um yeah. you have to cater all audiences all price yep. and yep, that's exactly. the shop and like a dealer dude my collection fits inside my zion case and i'm very comfortable with that mm-hmm Yep, and he has to learn now Pokemon and TCG and all that stuff that that's part of the reason I never want to have a brick and mortar is because I just I love the little space that I'm in and I don't really care to this is gonna come gonna come off kind of like I'm speaking down from my pedestal, but I don't really care to learn other stuff. I, I do what well, I do because I, actually- I can't 
you're an expert in your lane and you understand yes. it. And while you could learn more and you want to expand your horizons, you mm -hmm. currently see the, the best financial route is your knowledge mm -hmm. and your expertise. Yep. That is not stepping off your pedestal. Yeah. That is just knowing what you're good at. Yeah. Um, dude, that's, I, that's, it's just genuinely what I enjoy too. Like I, 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 I dare I, you enjoy this. What? Yeah. Like I, I tell people could, yeah. Could I go and like learn wax and flip wax? Like, yeah, but that's like, that's kind of boring. Like, could I sit on wax and then sell it a year later? Insert not 2019 NBA products. No, no, I could not. I could sell it a year later for 50% of what I bought it for. Yep. But that's, it just doesn't really excite me. I, and I feel like you're the same way we do like the singles and the players that we invest in because we genuinely like believe in those guys. And this is genuinely like this what is, we this enjoy. Is the best hobby ever. I love yes. what I do. Yes. Like, I could never do it full time, but that's, that's just my perspective. Because yeah. Same. I, I, I like the ability to pay my rent and eat food. Mm. So like, Hey, no, if I want to wait a month to sell my cards, I can. Exactly. I, don't yep. I don't, I don't want to be forced into doing anything in terms of sports cards. I just like doing it at the pace that I want to do it. If I want to buy this, I don't want to have to think of, yeah, well, I, I have rent coming up. I have a credit card payment coming up. No, I would rather have an actual job. And if that means I have to do a little bit less sports cards. Oh man. Then, yep. Yep. Then so be it. <laughs> Here's another good question, um, and, and we'll touch on this last one in a second too. If you were just starting on sports cards or, or wanting to get into the flipping game of cards, like, what do you think? Like, what is your perspective now with all this knowledge you have after a decade plus, I would say, of like collecting and like understanding how this market moves? What do you think? What would you give advice? One piece of advice to someone who has never collected before? Yeah. So. I, I would say number one would be understand like what you know. If you are a basketball guy and you have what I would call advanced knowledge or you know more than the average person does about individual players or in this case, lesser known players, then have faith in yourself that you can identify those guys that you think are cheap and just hold on them for however long, however long you have to hold on to them for and then sell when the time's right. But if and you can do the same thing with football like when i first started out there was a lot of football quarterbacks and just timing the market and lo and behold that's like the only thing that really sells super well in football and i just kind of guessed right but i i would say after just like understanding what you want to do and the route that you want to take i would say just kind of start start at a level where you don't have to feel pressure like, don't go out and buy one $300 card and you're like, well, this is it. If I don't, if I don't, I don't flip this, here, I don't make it anywhere. Yep. If, if I don't flip this and it goes down to a hundred, then, then it's game over for me. I would rather that you go and maybe it's very run of the mill to say this, but go through value boxes and try and find something for three that you can flip for 10 because those opportunities are out there. Dude, I, I would give you that opportunity. I, I don't check my value boxes at all. Yep. I don't care. Yep. Like, and that's like pe people like us who are typical vendors at a show and have cards that are 5,000 plus in their cases. They don't care. The last thing that they're pricing before they go to a show is the three to 10 box or the 10 yep. to 20 box or the dollar box. So there are opportunities in there where you can get a card for a dollar and sell it for 10. You can get a card for 10, sell it for 50. Hell, I bought last year a Jordan Mylotta Contenders Base Auto in Dallas for $3. And I sold it on eBay the day that I got home for 150. I mean, dude, once again, and, and I think cards have, have kind of ruined my perception of money. I'm not sure about you. I can openly admit this. Yep. But totally. like, dude, if you can go and make and turn 10 bucks into 50 bucks, that's pretty fucking good. That's 40 yep. bucks profit. Yeah. 35 with your fees and taxes, let's say whatever, 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. It's an hour of work at a good yep. job. Like that's mm -hmm. really good for a piece of uh, cardboard. Yeah. And I've had it multiple times where kids like, I know at the Chicago Ludex show, uh, this was pre Trey Lance injury. So last year, probably just before the regular season started. Yep. Brought over a, a Trey Lance contenders rookie auto out of 49. And I think I ended up buying it for like 15 and I, I didn't end up getting buried in that one. Um, but he was like, yeah, I just bought this a couple tables over for $600. So that, yeah, I'm like, oh, good, good for you. I'm glad you made 900 bucks. I would rather you not tell me that, but I'm going to go sell it now for 2k. Yeah. I ended up selling it for 2.2, but regardless, 
Yeah, um, everyone, so hey, everyone hey everybody yeah. eats. Everybody. Yeah. Eats. But then guess what? That ki- that smart kid who fucking should not have told you that price will come back to you next time. Be like, hey man, I now want to buy some stuff off you. Yep, exactly. Relationship building is super important. That's one note I would give. The other note I would get. You touched on this a little bit, but I you you have to be fearless. Yeah. I am no longer afraid of losing money. I'm no longer afraid of making money in sports cards. Mm-hmm. I can stare down a, a four or five figure loss. And while that would fucking suck, I could take it on the chin because I know I can go back and try again. Mm-hmm. And that level of confidence really will set you apart in this world. Mm-hmm. But now to step it back to someone who is brand new, go in and be fucking fearless. Mm-hmm. Understand that you might lose, but there's a good chance you can win. If you mm-hmm. understand that, nothing will stop you in this. Mm-hmm. And understanding that mindset will set you apart from everyone else. So spend what you can afford to lose, but understand you have the ability to win if you do it correct. Mm-hmm. That's my. That would be my one like general piece of advice. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. One last thing, and this one's actually really funny. So I'm, I'm happy we're gonna end off with this. So, what do you think about people who try to use your own comp against you? You buy something rare. You buy something kind of expensive, but then they're like, "Yeah, the last comp is three k. Do twenty six. I'm like, "Hey, fucker! I'm the one who bought that. Did you mm-hmm. see the auction? You didn't. Oh, that's too bad. Should have bought mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So I have. I have what will be a great example. I don't have it on me yet, but I bought a, I don't think it's 04, but a Big Ben, Eli Manning, Ultimate, Dual Shield Auto. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. BGS BGS Authentic. And it sold last in 2021 for, which just goes back to your conversation about high-end sports cards. Everything fell, so now it seems like everything's a steal. Yep. Um, so last in 2021 for like 21.5, and I think I got it for like seven and a half. That sounds like a steal. Oh, yes. yes, my point exactly. When you look at the other comps, it's a steal. But um, I already know I'm going to, I plan on bringing that to the national and stickering it at like 12, 12 or 13 and taking 10 probably. Yeah. And I already know that people are going to say, well, you just bought this card for, you know, whatever I ended up actually paying for it. Because it's on PWCC, so I know people are going to be able to see. How dare you? Yeah, but my point then is, okay, that's fine. If you can find another one for below market or anything even relatively similar to this for below market in the room right now, I I would suggest that you just go buy that because this isn't a piece that that you can go find below market at every other table in the room like you could a Zion base prism PSA 10. Yeah, or you know all the NTRPs that are going to be out in the room. Mm-hmm. Well, the the good thing is about that specific item is the person who's going to want that item is hopefully intelligent enough to understand, man, mm-hmm. I missed this item at auction. I guess I got to pay up mm-hmm. if they really want it. Yeah. So, yep. you know, you're not going to get some hype beast kid with mumble rap in the background buying that card and be like, you can't believe what I just got. Yep. And then it's, yep. you know. Hey, hey I'll, I'll cash you out at 80%. Yeah. No, uh, but you, you, you and I have had this conversation before. It's number one, maddening, and number two, very disappointing that people use comps like they are a Bible, and that if you pay over what the last comp was, then you're losing. But if you pay 70% of what the last comp was, then you're ultimately winning because comps are merely a tool. Comps aren't, yes, comps aren't supposed to tell you exactly what the value of the card is because the card is only willing what the next person down the line is willing to pay for it. I could run something on auction tonight that goes for 250 and run the same card tomorrow and it could go for three and it could go for two. Yep. And you see that with cards all the time now because there's such a wide range because so many cards being ran at the exact same times or in such a small time frame that you're getting a 240 sale on Monday and a 210 sale on Tuesday and then a 290 on Thursday. Comps are a guide. They're not the law. But on certain stuff, obviously they're they're consistent. Stuff that's yes. not numbered. Yes. Stuff that obviously has gone down a ton. Stuff mm-hmm. that you can't ask three hundred percent over comps on because guess mm-hmm. what? There's fucking eighty of them on. There's eighty of them on eBay right now, sir. Mm-hmm. Can you work with me? No. Yeah. All right, I'll leave. Yeah. Um. But yes, rare stuff. Rare stuff you have to price accordingly. Mm-hmm. But also, hey, if you can't find another one, oh, it's too bad. I guess guess you got to pay my price or come close. Yeah. Um, and it's I'll, just. I'll get- I'll give you a good example of that was so I bought this past weekend at the at the monster I bought a well traded for a Trevor Lawrence blue optic rookie auto at 1050 value 
which I think the last direct comp on a blue is 1075, but it's all the way back in March or April. So it's gone and, up since February. Like yes. Well, well, that that morning, a base auto PSA nine had done 1050. Sick. Yes, and a PSA seven base auto PSA seven bananas to me did 950. So it's probably worth like 15 then. Yes. So so I I stickered it at 15 and anticipating taking 1250 or 13 and i had i shit you not at least 20 people come over and tell me what the last comp was and when i responded well the last base psa 9 did essentially what you're telling me the last blue did and people just put it down and leave and then eventually saturday morning i had someone come up and i was like yeah 1300 the last base psa 9 did this and uh they were like, yeah, that's cool. I'm in. So comps, again, are merely just a tool. And don't be discouraged if 20 or 30 people come up to you and say, especially on a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who if I, I wish I could get April or March pricing for Trevor Lawrence because I, he's going up every I, single I, day. I would have loved to be like, all right, yeah, let me see your cards in there. Let me see what I can buy at April price. <laughs> yeah. How much you got in there I can buy. Yeah. But if... if this is going back to like you said just be fearless and believe in yourself don't sell just because people have told you that your card is worth x your card is only worth the value that you ascribe to it not just because someone comes up to your within table reason within reason let yes me okay yes 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 this is true within reason but don't just say because you have it secret for 15 and someone tells you that they'll pay you 11 for it that is then worth 11 and it's your job to sell it to them at 11. nope that is I, I, that is one of the most maddening things that me and my dad talk about is we have a cart and it's a little bit different for him because he does vintage and vintage is so varied depending is, on eye appeal. Yes. Vintage is yeah. even harder to comp usually than modern because mm -hmm. of printing defects or, yes. or, or other conditions. Mm -hmm. So very yeah. true. Everything is not one-to-one. -one. Yes. The funniest things, the funniest interactions, you touch on this a little bit are the people who do lack the social skills to actually have a conversation. And I literally posted about this on my Instagram story yesterday. So by the time this episode comes out tomorrow, it's going to be gone. It doesn't matter. But there was a dealer, not even a dealer. I'm not sure it was a dealer. There was a repacker or a buyer who would go to shows. And I do not know his fucking name who would just go and scan all prices. Hey, do this, do that. I didn't sell him any cards. I don't see yeah. him anymore. I don't really care who he is or, or if that's a good enough description about him. Because guess what? That's all I knew. I don't really yeah. care. Like yeah. that example and that person who was like that failed because they mm -hmm. couldn't have a, a fucking social skill to save their life. Mm -hmm. And it was really kind of funny interacting with them because I only sold them cards that had favorable comps because they were most likely shilled or influenced by yep. hype beasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also... I, I don't want this to drag on too long, but that is another that's another observation from the monster is there are just and not just a monster, but like Chicago Sports Spectacular, etc. Yep. There are just so many repackers that are looking for the exact same type. I of, love some type of stuff. There's some that are so good. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. There's some that are so good, but everyone is looking for the exact same names, the exact same products, the exact same price ranges that on a let's say $300 card that's an auto of, of, a, of yeah of a current player now i'm saying like a card that comps at 350 I'm gonna offer or, sorry sorry 300 i'm gonna offer you 250 though yeah i am no longer incentivized to take like 240 in some depending on what the card is how long i've had it etc some cases not even 250 like I know that I can go get 90% from one of the 55 repackers that are currently in the room because that Come is on, a bro, card. You got to you gotta, you gotta leave some meat in the bone for me, bro. Come on. Yep. No, no, no. I, I hate that line. No, I don't. I am trying to leave. The meat was left on the bone for me. Like I bought this at a card show. The person left the meat on the bone for me. If you want yeah, the card, sir, my, are the, sir, are you the dealer? Do you get to tell me what the fuck I get to spend my cards yeah, or pass yeah. my cards at? So, so all of a sudden, it's now my job to sell you cards at 75, 80%. When yeah. that's exactly what I do, but I paid to have the to have the booth to do so. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and I, this is the last point I'll make. I do not even approach people to buy anymore. People approach me. I yeah. do not contact anyone first to buy mm -hmm. shit. 
all the deals I make happen because people DM me. So yeah. guess what? I'm the dealer. I set mm -hmm. the price. Yeah. And it's very funny when the dynamic is trying to shift upon to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not playing this game. Fuck that. Like, I don't need yeah. to. Yeah, listen, like, I, I have no problem if you're cool and I like you and you're at least being fair, leaving you a little bit of room on certain stuff where I can afford to do so. Yes. However, when you tell me that on a very in-demand card, for example, I think it was a Trevor, no, it was a Jalen Hurts Obsidian Rookie Auto that the comp was like 325 and I told him 290 and he goes, eh, that, that doesn't leave me any room to make money. I go, I yeah, unfortunately, that is not my problem. I set up the booth to sell and to buy at 75, 80, 80% on really good stuff. Right not now. to sell to you at 75 or 80%. If you if you like to do that, please feel free to spend the three $400 to get your own table or go on Instagram and make a post that you're buying at 75 or 80% and do your little who i'm looking for what sports however i cannot afford to do that on this card if i could i would and i would love to do so and i would but sell please, to any other person in this room at that price yep but please if you can go find in the room someone that no knows that they have a 300 325 jalen hurts auto that is willing to move it for 250 that has a table i i would i would spend fifty thousand with them Dude, there's some people who got financially hurt that would definitely do that. So mm -hmm. they were just not looking in the right place. Yeah. But dude, we, this conversation can go on for another hour. I would actually be okay with that. Yeah. But I think we should wrap it up. Ken, yes. any closing thoughts, anything else that you wanted to say that like we didn't get a chance to? Uh, this has been awesome. So thank you once again for joining. Fuck Kai for missing it. That's <laughs> I hope he listens yeah. to it now and like realizes that we're just talking shit. What else you got to say? Any, anything you want to close on? Um, I would just say that this is a very interesting in terms of kind of scary, but also very exciting time for sports cards. You have the biggest card show of the year coming up in a month and a half. Yep. And I think if you don't start planning now, then you will be ahead of the, or, or but, sorry, behind the curve by the time that the national rolls around. So I would start making your little, your little hit lists of, of what you're looking for. Um, maybe start keeping tabs on potential deals you want to set up ahead of time. Um, trade nights that might be impromptu that are going on because once you get there, take it, it from someone. Nice. Yeah, it, it guys, it is over freaking whelming. And you will lose track of where a certain card was that you wanted to come back to. Or you will become very starry-eyed and totally forget that, oh, I was looking for this player, but I just spent all my money on Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. So I would say just be very organized and be very patient in between now and the national because you don't want to go into the national with no cards or no money and you wanted one of either. Um, so just start planning now. I think you absolutely nailed it. And you actually set me up to announce the next person is going to be joining our podcast next week. He is not the showrunner of The National, but it's a pretty damn good show. We're having Dynasty Mode on. EJ, the showrunner of the Bourbon Card Show, is going to be our guest next week. Maybe Kyle will be here. I don't <laughs> know. But thank you for teeing that up. That was not scripted or planned. So, <laughs> Ken, thank you so much. You offered a lot of insight. I'm super excited to see how this episode goes next week and how this one performs because you fucking crushed it. So thank you so much for joining screw kai for not making it how dare you be a good roommate and uh thank you guys for watching or listening so that's all i got peace peace guys